Uh, Barry has uh, asked me to read a couple of passages this morning, uh, beautiful passages. First one, Second uh, Corinthians chapter nine. Second Corinthians chapter nine, verse fifteen. Uh, Paul concludes the chapter by writing, "Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift." And the second one is John chapter fourteen, verse six. <coughs> 14 verse 6 Jesus said to me I am the way and the truth and the life no one comes to the Father but through me thank you brother Eddie good morning church so good to see each and every one of you here today if you have your Bibles or your electronic device please open those up to the book of Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And we'll read there in just a few moments. My goodness, what a great looking crowd we have today. And it's a special day, and tomorrow will be a special day. You know, I was thinking, it's so special uh, that those of us who have head coverings like myself, we shaved off what little bit we had and shined them up. Just look around. Because it's a special day. It's a special day because it's the Lord's day, but it's also a special day because you are here and we are so thankful that you are here. Uh, I want to encourage you to pick up uh, a bulletin, as we always talk about that uh, every Sunday morning. Uh, but I want to call your attention to a couple of things that we need to keep on our minds over the next few weeks. Uh, first of all, don't forget uh, next, uh, next Sunday evening. Next Sunday evening. Uh, after, well, next Sunday will be our fifth Sunday, so we won't have evening services, but about 7 p.m., uh, there are a number of us will be gathering here to enjoy and uh, a time of fellowship together and bring in the new year. So if you would like to be a part of that, there are sign-up lists out in the foyer. We want you to sign up. There's things that you can bring, uh, board games, uh, cards, uh, finger foods and drinks and things like that. And we want you to come and have a great time. That will be next Sunday evening beginning at 7 p.m. Also, you'll notice on the back of the bulletin, uh, January 25th, uh, we've typically always had a men's wild game supper. Uh, the way I understand it, I've been informed recently that this is now opened up to the ladies as well. Uh, Reed Swindle from Foot Street Church of Christ down in Corinth, Mississippi will be with us and he will be speaking to us. And if you enjoy eating wild game, if you have not killed some, please do so, so that we can have something to eat. But also, ladies, if you enjoy eating that as well, we want you to be here and enjoy that time of fellowship with us. And I know Reed will do an excellent job. I did want to bring your attention to one prayer request. Our, our one of our uh, members, uh, Patricia Talent, she had been in the hospital, um, but uh, she is now home. Uh, uh, Tommy's here. I don't see Miss Patricia, but I want to keep... Uh, remembering her uh, in our prayers as well as all those that are mentioned. Again, thank you so much for being here. Uh, if, if you are uh, here and you're visiting, uh, we thank you for being here. We have guests here ourselves. My family uh, is here with us uh, from Georgia, and I'm thankful for that. But if you're visiting and you've traveled and you're here today, thank you for being here. Also, if you're visiting and you live locally, 
We want you to know that our doors are always open and you are always welcome. We would love to have you uh, come and work with us and be with us. We're not perfect people. We're imperfect people serving a perfect God and trying to do our best to please Him. So if you are in this area and you are looking for a church family, please look no further. We would love to have you here at Savannah. In 1997, Tom Douglas and Jim Brickman wrote a song that's very popular today. Maybe you've heard it on the radio. It's called The Gift. And in this song, he, the song is written and sung about a person who is singing and articulating that how thankful they are for the gift of this special person in their life. And aren't we all thankful for the special people in our life? Aren't we especially thankful for gifts? Aren't we more thankful than any uh, gift that's wrapped up? Aren't we more thankful for the gift of special people? And more than that, aren't we thankful for the gift of Jesus? In the famous Peanuts episodes in the Christmas episode, uh, Charlie Brown and, and you remember all the gang, they're preparing for the annual Christmas play. And Charlie Brown in, in that episode becomes so disgusted with how commercialized the holiday of Christmas had become. And, and so as they're getting ready for, for the play and everybody's so concerned about uh, decorations and all these kind of things, Charlie Brown in frustration cries out, doesn't anyone know what the meaning of Christmas really is? To which, if you remember in that episode, Linus says, well, Charlie Brown, I do. And I want you to turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 2 because in Luke chapter 2, that's what Linus quotes from. Luke chapter 2, Linus will begin quoting in uh, verse 8. Now there were in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock by night. And behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there was born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men. And Linus quotes that passage of Scripture. And he goes over to Charlie Brown and he says, Charlie Brown, that's what Christmas is all about. Uh, but I want us to continue reading where Linus left off quoting verse 15. So it was, when the angels had gone away from them into heaven, that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph with, and the babe lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen as it was told 
them. Linus said to Charlie Brown, this is what Charlie Brown, this is what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. But you know, I believe maybe Linus should have said to Charlie Brown, Charlie Brown, this is what the beginning of Christian living is all about. Amen? Amen. You know as well as I do, the majority of the world at this time of year, they are thinking about gifts. They are thinking about a child that was born and they are celebrating that. You know, many babies are born every day and those babies in and of themselves are blessings, aren't they? They're blessings to those that they've been given to. In fact, as I was thinking about this and I was thinking about these gifts of children, I was thinking about uh, the gifts that are given to us in children. Isn't it interesting? I know it's been my experience when my nieces and nephews were born. Oh, they were a blessing. They were gifts. But I got to give them back. (laughs) But when my children were born and they were gifts to me, then that was something different, wasn't it? That was a greater blessing. And as people are thinking about uh, this time of year gifts, and they're thinking about the baby Jesus, sometimes they get distracted and they miss the gift. They miss the gift. In Luke chapter 2 there, when the announcement was made about the birth of Christ... What happened? They glorified and praised God as a result. And here we are today. What are we doing? Every time we come together, we glorify and we praise God for the gift of Jesus Christ being born into the world, walking on this earth, giving us an example we should follow, going to the cross on my behalf. Rising from the grave to give victory over death. This morning as we think about gifts, as we think about the gift of Jesus Christ, there are some questions that we have to answer. There are some questions we have to answer now, today. If not today, we will have to answer someday. And that question is, what am I going to do with the gift? What am I going to do with Jesus? You see, that's the question that has to be answered. In Matthew chapter 27 and verse 22, Pilate speaking to the crowd. You remember Jesus, he had already been taken captive. He had been interviewed by Pilate and others. And as the custom was, he brings out Jesus and he brings out Barabbas. And it's a custom that he releases one of the prisoners, him hoping that he's hoping that they will say Jesus. And Pilate asked the crowd this question in Matthew 27 and verse 22. What then shall I do with Jesus who is called the Christ? 
You see, Pilate asks that question. Ask it to himself, but he also asks it to the crowd. And that same question is still posed today. What am I going to do with Jesus? What am I going to do? What shall I do with the one called the Christ? Jesus. Today, tomorrow, perhaps if you haven't already opened them, you will receive gifts. These gifts are giving, given with love from the giver. Just like the gift of Jesus is given, John 3.16, with love from the giver. But see, here's the thing. We still have that question. What am I going to do with the gift? I have to accept the gift and make the gift a part of my life. Uh, for example, I was thinking uh, a few years ago, I, I was given an electric razor. An electric razor. That's a good gift. Now, I want you to imagine if I, I, I was received that gift and I did nothing with it. You would be looking at not a hairless berry, but a woolly berry. You see, I had to accept the gift and then I had to use it, which I still do today. I had to accept it and I had to use it. I had to make it a part of my life. Just like the blessing of my children. They've become a part of my life. And I'm responsible for them while they're in my house. So what am I going to do with Jesus? Romans chapter 6 and verse 23, the Bible says, For the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The gift of God is eternal life. See, God has given us that special gift. Back in the book of Genesis chapter 3, we learn that sin separated mankind from God. That's what sin has done. That's what sin continues to do. That's what sin always will do. But eternal life is found in the gift. Only when I accept it. Only when I apply it to my life. Only when through faith and obedience I come in contact with Jesus. I give my life to him. Praise be to God that when sin separated mankind from God, he had a plan. And that plan is Jesus Christ. But that's not the end of the story. That's just the beginning. I want you to notice the song that Bradley has led us in over the last month. It's become one of my favorite songs because it speaks about the ultimate gift, Jesus. 
In Christ alone, my hope is found. He is my light, my strength, my song. This cornerstone, this solid ground, firm through the fiercest drought and storm. What heights of love, what depths of peace. When fears are stilled, when striving cease, my comforter, my all in all. Here in the love of Christ, I stand. In Christ alone who took on flesh, fullness of God and helpless babe, this gift of love and righteousness, scorned by the ones He came to save. Till on that cross, as Jesus died, the wrath of God was satisfied. For every sin on Him was laid. Here in the death of Christ, I live. There in the ground His body lay, light of the world by darkness slain. Then bursting forth in glorious day, up from the grave He rose again. And as He stands in victory, sin's curse has lost its grip on me. For I am His and He is mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. No guilt in life, no fear in death, This is the power of Christ in me. From life's first cry to final breath, Jesus commands my destiny. No power of hell, no scheme of man can ever pluck me from His hand till He returns or calls me home here in the power of Christ. I'll stand. Where do you turn? When it seems that everything around you is crashing in. I didn't know Miss Linda was going to write that note today. But what a powerful statement. Of when storms are raging and life seems hopeless. As Miss Linda has written for us this morning, and as the Bible exclaims, and as we have sung in this song, there is hope in Christ alone. First Peter chapter one, verses three and four, the Bible says, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled and that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. You see, here, here's what we are reminded of today. The world is seeking hope. The world is seeking hope. And it's not found in Santa Claus. And it's not found simply in the birth of a child. But it's found in Jesus Christ alone. John 1 and verse 14, the Bible tells us, This gift took on flesh. And the Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. He dwelt among us. He walked with us. He knows what it's like to be human. 
And we beheld His glory as the glory of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. He went to the cross on my behalf uh, to be the sacrificial lamb for my sins and for the sins of the world. It is the sins of the world that brings about the wrath of God. But only in Jesus Christ is that wrath satisfied. Paul writes in Ephesians chapter 5, verses 5 through 7, For this you know, that no fornicator, unclean person, nor covetous man who is an idolater has any inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Therefore do not be partakers with them. He also writes in Colossians chapter 3, verses 5 and following. Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth, fornication, uncleanness, passions, evil desires, and covetousness, which is idolatry. Because of these things the wrath of God is coming upon the sons of disobedience in which you yourselves once walked when you lived in them. Verse 9, Since you have put off the old man with his deeds and have put on the new man who is renewed in knowledge according to the image of him who created him, where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcised nor uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Aren't you thankful? John writes about it, that Jesus rose from the grave. He writes about it in the book of John chapter 14, but he, he also writes about it in the book of Revelation, where it teaches us about victory in Jesus. Jesus rose from the grave in victory. So that because of my faith in Him and my obedience to Him, I too can live in that victory. John 14 and verse 1, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. Isn't that great? He would say it in Revelation that there's a place where there are no tears. There's a place where there's no storms. There's a place where there are mansions with many rooms. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, hello, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. So we're still left with that question. What will I do with Jesus? The Bible has promised us through Jesus Christ a heavenly home. Man, what a gift. What a gift. But it's only in Christ alone. Turn your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Romans chapter 6. Paul says, beginning in verse 1, What shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we who died in sin, died to sin, live any longer in it? Or do you not know 
that as many of us as were baptized into Christ, were baptized into His death. Therefore we were buried with Him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of His death, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of His resurrection. Knowing this, that our old man was crucified with Him, that the body of sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves of sin. For we who have... For he who has died has been freed from sin. Now, if we died with Christ, we believe that we shall also live with Him, knowing that Christ, having been raised from the dead, dies no more. Death no longer has dominion over Him. For the death that He died, He died to sin once for all. But the life that He lives, He lives to God. Likewise, you also reckon yourselves to be dead indeed to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Therefore, do not let sin reign in your mortal body, that you should obey it in its lusts. And do not present your members as instruments of unrighteousness to sin, but present yourselves to God as being alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness to God. For sin shall not have dominion over you, for you are not under law, but under grace. Paul reminds us it's through Jesus Christ. There are some approximately 300 verses in the New Testament that have the words in Christ. Is it important to be in Christ? Is it important to accept the gift of Jesus Christ? To die with Him, surrendering my life to Him, so that I'm declaring to everyone here in all the world, I am walking with Jesus. The gift of Jesus is now a part of my life. I've accepted that gift. I've made Him a part of my life. And now I'm walking with Him. What a gift that would be today. What a gift that would be to the people you're around on a daily basis. That now they see Christ in you. There's a story about a Christian baroness in Nairobi, Kenya. And she hired a young houseboy one time to come in and, and be a servant and do some work around her house. And he came in and he did a fabulous job. And not after about three months, him being there, he goes to the baroness, the Christian baroness, and he asks for a reference letter to a sheik down the road, a friendly sheik down the road. And she thought, I don't want to lose. I don't want to lose my helper. And so she offered him uh, more pay because he did a great job and he was just getting used to the routine of things. And he responded to her when she said, I'll give you more pay. He said, Ma'am, I'm not leaving because I want more, more pay. He said, when I came here, I decided I wanted to see the difference in a Christian and a non-Christian. I've spent three months in your house 
in order to see how a Christian lives. Now I want to go down the street and I want to work with this other fellow because I want to see what it's like to be a non-Christian. What is he telling her? I want to see if what you've done with Jesus is any different than the person down the street. And you see, if I've not answered that question for myself today, to allow that question and the actions that follow to make a difference in my life and the way I live, then we need to answer that question before it's too late. Because here is the fact of the matter. If I do not answer what will I do with Jesus today, well, you see, even non-action, when Pilate asked that question, some in the audience were neutral. Pilate tried to wash his hands free. But some of the Jews, they were neutral. That's still an answer. Because ultimately, when we stand before God, here's the deal. We will answer the question, what did you do with Jesus? This morning, it's Christmas Eve. And as we anticipate spending time with family, as we anticipate opening gifts, let's ponder the most important question in all the world. What will you do with Jesus? As together we stand and sing. Jesus is-